Isn't it amazing that God has given us words that we can use to express our emotions, our ideas, all sorts of different things that go on inside us that that we can build friendships and relationships. And we have words that we we can use for that purpose so we don't have to to mime. (sighs) And, but... Although we we have a a wide range of words, we can't just use these words indiscriminately. We have to think a little bit about how we use our words, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. And uh, this is what? This is what the world says about words. Can you work that out? We've got sticks and stones here and a broken bone there. And what's the rest of it? But words will never hurt me. Ah, is, is that what the Bible says? Well, let's have a look. It says that actually that there is life and death in the power of our words. And actually that words are like a a sword. They can really go into you. Uh, But actually a word of wisdom, a kind word, brings healing. This is another proverb. Sorry? I can read them out, yes? A kind answer soothes angry feelings, but harsh words stir them up. And kind words are like a honeycomb. They cheer you up and make you feel really strong. I must admit, I never understood that one until we were invited to have honey from a hive. And a friend of ours, he went out to his hive and he cut us out a honeycomb. And he said... Try that, and wow, it's amazing. The taste was just something else, and, and you do feel, oh, yeah. And, and sugar rush, that's <laughs> a serious addict. And then you, you're left with the wax, and you just go with the wax, and you, you, feel, you feel much better. And suddenly these, these proverbs, which I've read and read and read, there was, once they, you have a context for it, they make more sense. So what does Jesus say about the words that we use? And I guess we've all suffered this, really. Uh, There's a a, a youth here, a young lad, and he's having bad, dumb, worthless, lazy. We've probably all experienced that, and we've probably all been on the other side of it, actually sort of accusing people of being lazy, worthless, dumb. And uh, Jesus says... I promise you that on the day of judgment, everyone will have to give an account for every careless word they have spoken. And uh, as I was preparing for this, I was, I was reminded actually of, uh, uh, I was taking my daughter to the railway station, to North Cambridge Railway Station. Uh, and she had to get a train and it was uh, five o'clock on a, a, a Thursday evening and I was driving her up. So we were going up Milton Road uh, and then you have to turn right across the traffic to get down to North Cambridge Railway Station. 
and uh, of course the traffic is a nightmare, it was queued. But you've got a traffic light, you've got a, a right-hand lane and you turn right and there was a car parked across the lane so I couldn't get down to the railway station and we were running a little bit late. So in a very Christian manner, I pulled my van close to his car, looked over my steering wheel and went, you muppet. <laughs> well, actually what I called him was an absolute donkey. <laughs> and the, the guy in the car, he went, because he'd lip read me and he started beating his steering wheel. Uh, and then the, the lights changed and he cleared and I could get down to Cambridge Railway Station. I dropped Lydia off and I was coming back and I, was, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go via the A14 rather than having to go down Milton Road. And uh, as I was heading up towards the A14, uh, you know, I heard the spirit of God in my ear saying to me, uh, did what you say actually bring a blessing upon that guy that was parked across you? I said, but it was my right of way. And God was going to me, yeah, I get that it was your right of way, but that wasn't the question I asked you. I asked you, did you bring a blessing upon that man? Because we're called to bless people. And I said, no, I didn't. Because he carried on down the road fuming because I badmouthed him. And he would have carried that on into his home when he got home. The bloody white band man, you know, giving me verbals, you know. And you, you don't know the, the effect that that has. Whilst actually, if I'd spoken a word of kindness to him, a word of gentleness to him, uh, you know, he, he would have got that he was parked across the road. He didn't need me to tell him that. And so I said, sorry. And, uh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to work on that. And, and then the spirit comes at me again. And he said, you know, what sort of example did you set for your daughter? who was sitting next to you. I go, okay. Not, not a great one. Because, you know, if I want to talk to her about kind words, how can I do that without being a hypocrite? You know, and so, so God really challenged me about... It's funny when, you know, you think that you're doing a talk on words, then suddenly you get all this stuff going on in your life. It's God wanting to, to show me stuff. So I thought I'd just, you know, just uh, share that with you. So, you know, I was, this was really uh, important, you know, and, and, and poignant to my life, you know, that actually, you know, on the day of judgment, you know, you, I'll have to stand and say, you know, I have to give an account of, of calling this guy a donkey, you know, and, and the effect that I, that had upon him. So, what does Paul say about words? Well, this is a, this is a, common English version, so it's much more, I found it more readable. And it says, you must quit being angry, hateful, and evil. You must no longer say insulting or cruel things to others. Stop lying to each other. You have given up your old habits and your old way of life. So quite often there's a it's Galatians that's, that's quoted, but I thought I'd just go for this one because it it's nice and clear. And just how we speak to each other is really important. That, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be... I mean, you can see these two having a go at one another. You know, this is married life. You know, 
that it happens. You know, we do have a go at each other. Paul says, shouldn't be doing that really if we're, if we're Christians. Each one of you is part of the body of Christ and you were chosen to live together in peace. So let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts. So if your mind is under God's control, then actually what comes out of your mouth will also be under God's control. If your thoughts are not under God's control, then what actually comes out of your mouth will also not reflect God. There is a war within us. There's a tension within us between what we want to do and what we actually do. So how do we fight this war that's within us? And again, Paul is, is very is, is clear. This is, uh, sorry, Jesus is clear. He says, I will send you someone to help you. I will send you a helper. That's amazing. And we just ask for help. And the helper comes. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills us. He helps us. He controls our thoughts. He gives us words to speak. And when we speak the wrong words, he doesn't come in with a big stick. He comes in and says, did you bless that man? What, what sort of a, a, a how, what are you modeling to your daughter? I mean, aren't those kind words? I mean, God could have said anything to me, really. You know, he could have, you know, but he didn't. He sort of, he spoke to my heart. And the Spirit will show you what is true. And this is what the Spirit encourages us to do. It encourages us to be imitators of Jesus. So, whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Now, it's, a, it's really interesting that when that Matthew records this, and the context for this is that Jesus is, is heading into Jerusalem a week before he's due to be executed. And he's talking to his disciples. And he's saying to his disciples, I'm going into Jerusalem. I've got a week to live. And I'm going to face this most horrible death. And if I, if I was saying this to Tony and Felix here, I'd expect them you know, to put their arms around me and sort of just give me a bit of, bit of support. But these two are fighting. Who's, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They've not even heard what Jesus is saying. And they're, they're arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then we go on into uh, what's called Passion Week. So we, we read about this in Matthew 23. Jesus reiterates this message to them, that the greatest among them shall be your servant. So because they, they've still not got it that actually what it is to follow Jesus and to be an imitator of Jesus. And so we come to the Last Supper. And this is what Jesus did. This is one of his last acts. Is he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured some water into a bowl. Then he began 
to wash his disciples' feet. And here, you can see, there's a, a sculpture. It's Peter here. Here's Jesus sort of washing his feet. Now, I, as, a, as a, an image, I find this really powerful. But here is the most, most powerful man who ever lived. This is the Son of God. And what is he doing? He's washing his disciples' feet as a last act. He's teaching them the importance of being a servant. And as we look to serve, then actually we begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And our lives begin to change. Our priorities change. And we, as a, a Christian community, we serve one another here. But actually, I think Jesus is also looking at a wider community of how do we serve our wider community? How do we bring blessing to our wider community in order to introduce them to Jesus? That is why we're here. That is our purpose. And this is a great model to help our thinking. Am I being a servant? It's not a natural thing to be to be a servant. Most of us, I would say all of us, prefer to be served. It's much nicer to sit in a restaurant, have somebody bring you a meal, take your plate away, do the washing up. You know, you don't need to do any of that. Isn't that lovely? Yeah? Actually, yeah. But actually, it, it's also, at a, at a spiritual level, it's also the same, that we like to be served. And we have to fight that and because Jesus did that. He demonstrated to us the importance of being a servant. So I just want to read something. Not, not that. That. So this is a, a, an amazing uh, piece of writing from Paul from Philippians chapter 2. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I've finished there, so it's just a short preach, but it was about thinking about the words that we speak to each other, to speak words of kindness, word, gentle words to one another, to serve each other and to be prepared to serve our wider community, to demonstrate to them the love of Jesus. And this is what Paul writes. He said, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you 
to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. And that's a fantastic prayer. Great encouragement to us that God is at work in us. He's at work in our hearts. He's changing us. He's transforming us so that we can do the work that he has called us to do. Amen. Oh, that's, uh, I, I was aware of the, uh, the new timings, as you can tell. So I was told to finish before quarter to 12. So <laughs> there we are. Amen. <laughs>